What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Five Star Jobbers Podcast. I'm Cody. And I am J.D. McDonough's helmet designer. I don't know what that one's supposed to entail. Like, am I missing something on that? Or did I, I don't understand that how that? big J.D. McDonough's head is? Oh, okay. I, I had, it took me a second to realize where you're going with that. I'm like, wait a minute. He looks, like a, he looks like a giant Q-tip. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll, I'll give you that one, but I mean, like, I guarantee I, you that, like, when they decided to do, you know, who's going to take the RKO, or any was like, give me that head. <laughs> I guarantee I can grab that one. I mean, as much it's an easy you know, target. I mean, I, I, I get it now. I get it. But congratulations for being behind on the times, man. Whatever, behind on the times. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. I want to thank all of our listeners for have been, who have been subscribing to us from beginning to end. I want to thank everybody for following us on social media. If you haven't, go and check us out. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we're on YouTube. If you haven't gone to our YouTube channel to check out our previous uh, commentary shows we've been to, go and look at Hope Championship Wrestling. Go and look at SRCW. And also, if you haven't listened to it or went to it yet, we just recently went to the Guardians Legacy over in Panama City, Florida, and we want to just thank everybody that hosted us there. It was a great event. Thank you, everybody, that was just warm and welcoming to us. But we got another guest today. So with going to the Guardians Legacy, we were able to meet a few individuals that we haven't really had the chance to talk to very much, but one individual in particular that we also met at SRCW. So we decided, well, let's have them on the podcast here and just get to know them a little bit better. So without further ado, I want to introduce all of you guys to the prodigy, Hunter Hendricks. Hunter, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast here. Uh, it's a pleasure, man. You know, I've always wanted to do a wrestling podcast, and I got in touch with you, like you said, at SRCW. You gave me – this guy has a business card. This is how, like, intense this guy is. He gave me a business card. He was like, yeah, email me. And uh, we met at Guardians Legacy again, and I was like, and we and we scheduled the podcast, and it, it's great. It's I've been wanting to do this for a while now, so thank you guys for having me. All right, so take us from the beginning. Like, how did you get started in professional wrestling? Like, when did it actually start for you? So professional wrestling started. Uh, I started training. I got into um, training at 13, 12 years old. Um, I was still doing peewee football and stuff, so I was like, I want to do this. I got, I got in touch with a guy. I can't say his name because controversial, but – um, I started training at 13, 12 years old. Um, I was at a wrestling show one time that Adam Rose was at, a uh, show with XWX, and I broke my arm there. I, I, I jumped over the rope. I broke my arm. I caught myself. And next thing I look at my arm, and it's all broken. I'm like, oh, my God. So, And then my parents find out about that. And then I stopped training. I stopped going to training. I stopped being involved for a while. And then once I turned 15, I believe it was, 15, maybe 14, 14 and a half, I started refing. Um, I was trained to ref. I picked it up really fast, like I did wrestling. And they were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna let you ref for a little while." And I ref for two years. And then within that first year, I was like, "You know, I want to train to be a wrestler. I want to put the boots on. I want to kick this in the high gear and let's get it going." So I, I, I started training more as a wrestler. And then finally, they were like, "Okay, we're gonna have you ref, but we're also have you wrestle under a mask at the same time." And I'm like, "Okay." So I wrestled under a mask. Um, Got my first start as a, as a wrestler as a, under a mask. The, the the gimmick was called Finn Quang. It was this crazy masked guy. Um, I, w- I wouldn't call myself a luchador, but I could do the little bit of stuff. And then I got my first start as myself and being comfortable with myself in Pensacola, Florida, for a company called APW. And then after that, you know, my my uh, trainer who runs the show IPW where I masked that he was like, you know what? He was like, we're gonna take you out of that mask. And I was like, all right, cool. So I got out of the mask, and now. 
I'm me. I'm comfortable being me. I'm the prodigy who I am. And now I just, wherever I can go, every Saturday. I've been wrestling for a year and a half. I'm only 19 years old now. But um, going yeah, on two there's years. A lot to, um, there's a lot to un- unpack right there. Oh, boy. So, yeah, first yeah, of all, okay. 12, 13, and I yeah. get you, you're, you're saying that whoever trained you, you can't say it because the legality of that is is in question. Uh, no, it's the it's the, it's the person himself. Like he like, I can't say his name because he like it, he's done some really messed up stuff, and I'm not gonna right. say what he's done. But but I've gotten away from him, and I have actual like I'm around a good good people now. We're all like a family now. Every time we train, but that's fantastic. Yeah, it's obviously twelve thirteen. You're training, yes. so obviously you've been a fan for a while at that point. Correct. Yeah, like I was like nine, eight years old. I was watching the Nexus on WWE, like right where they ended and the core started. That's when I got into it. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations to feeling as old as I do. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that's like a totally different. Yeah. Wait, so because like you were like Attitude Era. I yeah, was pre Attitude Era and then Attitude Era. Yeah. You're Ruthless like Aggression. Later, late Ruthless Aggression era. This is like right before the summer of punk. Exactly. Yeah, like right before it happened. But don't get me wrong, I love I love my old school Attitude Era, Ruthless Aggression. I, I love that stuff. I used to watch a little bit of Smoky Mountain as well. But um, I, I love wrestling in general. I just, I love it. it it's, Shout out to the Smoky Mountain NWA. I've got a, a couple people that I know that uh, I used to sell insurance with that uh, worked in Smoky Mountain as uh, both talent and um, managers. Oh, wow. 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 So what – sort of inspired you to go into professional wrestling? What was it that made you think this is what I want to do and this is what I want to begin to do with my life? Well, it started, you know, my first people I've ever watched on TV and I had the SmackDown versus Raw games as well. The first character I used was Randy Orton, you know, Randy Orton. Everybody knows Randy Orton. We love Randy Orton. And, um, you know, I started watching more and more and I was like, you know, I want to do that, but I just don't know how I'm going to do it. And at the time, I I was playing Pee Wee football. I was going into – man, I think I was in seventh grade, I think. I, dude, listen, I'm about to make y'all feel so old. And I feel old just talking about it because it's it feels, like, so close from that time. But really, it's been, like, almost, I don't know, about six, six seven years maybe. But um, I got into it, and I was like, I want to do that. And, you know – if, you know, if a job doesn't work out, if football doesn't get work out when I go to high school, you know, I want to be able to do this. And I didn't even know much about independent wrestling at that time. I just knew the mainstream WWE, TNA, uh, a little bit of ROH. You know, I didn't know indie wrestling was actually a thing until I started like training. And they're like, yeah, this is independent wrestling. And I was like, independent. I was like, what is that? I mean, I thought it was all pro wrestling, but then the ideal of sports entertainment, professional wrestling, all that came to mix. But it's just the main thing that inspired me was if they can do it, why can't I do it? You know, if 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 they can like go out there and perform, what what's stopping me from busting my butt, you know, getting in shape, you know, taking bumps and just getting involved. Cause I mean, honestly, the only person that really stops you is yourself to get into wrestling. That's pretty much the only thing. So yeah, that's how much that's how I got involved. That's why I want to get involved. And that's just that's why I'm doing what I do today. That's amazing, man. So we talked about Randy Orton, but who would you say are sort of the key people that inspired you or it had an influence on your decision to be a professional wrestler? Oh man, like 
honestly the what the way I base myself around is because I like the old stuff, I like the new stuff, so I I like combining them together. But honestly, um, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude, um, the charisma of Macho Man, I, Macho Man, listen, Macho Man will always be number one for me. He's always the charisma of him, his promos, the way he like carried himself always. But it goes Ric Flair, Ric Flair, yep, Ravishing Rick Rude. Mr. Perfect, Macho Man, and then I kind of like add the aggression of. I hate saying this, but like I add the aggression of like MJF, the like you know the boundaries that that I will go to to like get heat. I'll go to that MJF line, and then there's I'll no, add. There's some, no shame in that at all. I think. Oh no. Going to be on a lot of Mount Rushmores in the near. You oh know, yeah. A lot of people. Oh yeah. You know. Uh, moving forward, he's going to be on a lot of people's Mount Rushmores. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. At a very young age right now. I mean, just like you, you're, y'all are both, I'd say, in the be- – I, mean, I wouldn't say the beginning stages of your career because, I mean, you've been training since you were a kid, essentially. Yeah. But, you still yeah. got a lot of – you got a lot of uh, a road to cover. Right. You oh, know? yeah. Oh, yeah. Beginning so, of stage and, wrestling career, I will agree with that 100%. So, in talking about those individuals, because you listed off a pretty good amount of individuals – we like to do this thing where whenever we have a guest, no matter if it's a wrestler or referee or whoever it is, we always like to ask who their Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling huh. is. And so oh, man. I don't know if you have one or if you have an idea for one, but who would you say is your Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling? Okay. Like I said, number one, always going to be number one is Macho Man Randy Savage. Love him to death. Oh, yeah. um, second place, man. Second place, I'd say Mr. Perfect. I, I love Mr. Perfect to death. Like, just the way he perfects everything and the, his whole gimmick. Like, he perfects everything. Third, Randy Orton. I got to say Randy Orton because, you know, from two, from like when he started to now, he's never left WWE. He's always, you know, been the same guy. And honestly, I, I can say right now, he's probably the best performer that of all, like everywhere because he's been constant. He hasn't, you know, only with one injury, he's taken time off. Um, but Randy Orton, third. Uh, fourth, man, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, 100%. Mm. I love, I love Shawn. I love Shawn. And fifth, the, the, we go five, right? 100, like five? Yeah, well, yeah, we'll add a five. Is it five? Is it five? Is it five? Four, four some people go five. So, yeah, no, okay. five's fine. Um, and then fifth, I, I, man, I should have named Rick Flair. But honestly, John Cena. John Cena. I got to name John Cena because I grew up watching him through everything and through the different stages he'd gone through. And he, he was the guy. Like, he he was John WWE's guy. He Right now it's Randy Orton, but he was the guy that everyone based around. You know, people – you see his merch everywhere. You, you know who John Cena is. So I just feel like you got to add John Cena. All right. See, and that's the thing I love about whenever we do Mount Rushmore's for different guests that we have because – Everybody has a different one. Everybody has, and there's a bunch of different ways we can go with it. Not just on, oh yeah, professional wrestling alone. I mean, we could go through best technical wrestlers. Uh, yeah, best we, gimmicks. We, we've got like 50 different uh, Mount Rushmore iterations. Like you know, you've got your box office Mount Rushmore, your actual mm-hmm. ring worker, ring general Mount Rushmore. Your got the most people over or got the biggest pops Mount Rushmore. You know oh, yeah. your uh, you know best personality, charisma, not necessarily the in ring work. Uh, best mm-hmm. promo Mount Rushmore. We've done tag team. We've done you know, like we've done a whole bunch of different ones. You know, best but, female. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think at one point we'll do you know some some of those on this show. But yeah, it's 
it's always funny to see uh, the different angles to which uh, different people approach their Mount Rushmore. You know, mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, who were we talking with last time? Um, um, the '90s pop star. Uh, oh, Johnny Romano. Yeah, when we were talking to Johnny, and you know, like the way that he approached his Mount Rushmore versus uh, when we talked to Justin Overstreet, and his was much more like business wise, like like who who does everyone know? It wasn't even like a a uh, you know, what does that wrestler mean to you? His his Mount Rushmore was like, look, you can literally take it and say Luthez, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and Stone Cold Steve Austin, or John Cena. And you can basically just say, like, those guys are the, the name in professional wrestling for all of those mm-hmm. generations. Right. And then you just say, but then if you sit there and you go towards your more personal, uh, you know, like what who's who's the Mount Rushmore to you? You know. So it's yeah. it's always very interesting the the philosophies and the thought goes in and when somebody puts their Mount Rushmore on, um, yeah. And to me, I'm always like, you know, if you could only watch, I always say, if I could only watch four wrestlers, like who would I want to watch? You right. Know? So, yeah. Like I said, everybody has a different one, and I think that's what's cool about this because we have technically three different age ranges to where we yeah. both traditional wrestling because you got, I would say, mid late 2000s or so yeah, yeah me with uh early 2000s yeah. and then you with uh the new generation and the attitude era yeah, yeah exactly like i actually remember watching big sexy when he was De- big daddy cool diesel exactly yay hunter thank you so much for joining us on the podcast uh where can people find you on social media and do you have any upcoming events you're going to be at uh social media man i'm on facebook x uh man i I'm gonna call that Twitter. You know, I don't. I don't care for calling yeah, it X. Facebook, it's, it's Twitter, good. Instagram, uh, TikTok, um, YouTube. I have a YouTube channel and everything. Um, Facebook. Just look up Hunter Hendricks. I have a. I have a page, and I have an actual person. I. I'm on the person more than I am the page because I. I'm iffy about like Facebook pages. I, I. I'm still learning how to work that stuff. That's crazy. But just look up Hunter Hendricks on Facebook. Um, Twitter Hunter underscore Hendricks one um tiktok um the prodigy hunter hendrix no space just type it just like that um instagram i think it's official hunter hendrix and then uh yeah i think and youtube channel is um the prodigy hunter hendrix or official hunter hendrix one of those you know you you look up hunter hendrix with the prodigy and you'll you'll find me somewhere I, i promise you that but um but no, the guys you said, Justin Everstreet and uh johnny romano big shout out to those guys uh justin justin's a great guy as well um, from a business um, standpoint, and Johnny, we've had some matches together, but he's a great guy. Johnny, one hundred percent a great guy. Love, love them both. Awesome. Well, like I said, Hunter, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. We look forward to seeing you again in future events. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. All right, John, you ready for some reviews? Oh, I'm ready, brother. So I think we kind of have the same idea for what our high spot's going to be. I don't know about you, but I think I have an idea. There can be only one. I agree. So. What I would say is our high spot for this week, uh, the CM Punk and Seth Rollins promo on Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's only if one, you're there's... a wrestling fan, you should pick that as your high spot. That's That should be your only high spot for this week, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I'll let you give your opinion on it, John. Just cause no, absolutely. I'm... I think it's, it, it's the high spot of professional wrestling right now. You've got a real, genuine rivalry. Exactly. This is not. This is not. Uh, you know, conceived in a in a four by four room. This is a legitimate beef between two professional wrestlers 
that we are getting to actually see. I mean, you know, not since Sean and Brett, honestly, can I think of a a rivalry with actual, you know, this much realism. Right. And, you know, you look at you look at Seth Rollins and the you agree with Seth. Like you can understand where Seth's coming from. Yes. But you can also look at CM Punk and you can see where CM Punk is coming from as well. Exactly. And what I what I really loved about the the segment this week was, you know, Punk comes out and he makes it very clear what what he wants and he makes it very clear where he wants to be and he announces he's going to be on Raw and he stands in the turnbuckle and you think, "Okay, what a great segment." And then at that moment you you hear Seth Rollins music come out and he comes out and, you know, Kudos to him for owning the the arena, you know, against someone like CM Punk to right. be able to, to to stand and and have just as much presence and personality. That that is a that is an art. Absolutely. Um so for when when he comes out, I mean, I was so excited because I honestly didn't think we were really going to see Seth and and Punk really come to blows until after the Royal Rumble, right? But for for him to come out, it tells us that this is going to be a rivalry that's going to have a lot of breath. It's going to take time. There's going to be a, a few more of these promo battles, which I'm hopefully be a lot more. Yeah, I'm 100 percent in for, um, you know. And it tells me, you know, we've got we've got Cody in the Royal Rumble. We've got Punk in the Royal Rumble. Is it going to be Cody who wins and challenges Roman Reigns? Is it Punk who wins and challenges Seth? You know, and then whoever doesn't win the Royal Rumble. You know, it's going to go to Elimination Chamber, and one of them is going to win Elimination Chamber to get to WrestleMania. And, you know, knowing that I've got WrestleMania with CM Punk and Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes and Roman Reigns, I'm bought in already. I mean, it's it's December, and I, I'm already, I'm good to go. Right. You know, uh, I'm, like a, I'm like a 13-year-old, okay? I'm ready to blow, all right? <laughs> My gosh. Anyway, yeah, that's our high spot for the week. Uh, I think our botches may be a little bit different, though. Uh, mine, I would say, is not necessarily the segment in itself, but the Kenny Omega, Jericho, and uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill promo. The promo was good, but the fact oh, yeah, that... I thought it was... It was <laughs> I loved the uh, less charismatic Enzo Amore line. That was hilarious. Uh, give it to but, Jericho. He still knows how to roast people. But the thing is, you have this incredible roast segment, only to have Kenny Omega, not, what, two days after or whenever it was, say, I can't wait any longer. I need to take some time off. Yeah. It's like, what was the whole point? Of going through all of that, if you know that at some point you're going to have to take a step down or take a step away from it to work on yourself and to get surgery or to do whatever you need to do. And it's it's another thing we see with AEW whenever they have these storylines and they just completely cut them off yeah. with absolutely no closure to it whatsoever. And it just leaves fans wondering, like, well, why would I even be invested in this when we don't even know if it's going to be resolved or not? And that, I think that kind of is like, uh, you know, it's the symptom of a bigger disease. And, and the issue we I think that we have with AEW, and I don't know, you can speak out of both sides of your mouth here. You know, the issue may also be one of the things that people love. But it's like, you know, AEW does a really great job of giving us a lot of really great matches. But I don't necessarily know that um, the talent is always encouraged to work smart. 
And so we end up having a lot of rivalries and a lot of storylines cut short because of injuries. Exactly. Um, you know, we, we appreciate the attempt at a five-star match every night. But at the end of the day, if the five-star match is at the expense of a six-month-long, three-month-long, whatever storyline that actually is engaging and gets us bought in, I'd rather have a three-star match finish with a five-star story. Exactly. Um, and WWE is doing a great job of that. Like You don't have to have a five-star match with guys like Seth Rollins every single Monday night mm-hmm. or CM Punk or Cody Rhodes. You can just have them go on the mic and just continue the segment and just continue the story mm-hmm. and just talk. Oh, and how many times have we talked about just like, you know, you look at what when Adam Cole and MJF were working together, how good they were at making little things that didn't put either of their bodies on the line matter. Exactly. You know, the crowd is the crowd will still pop right now for the kangaroo kick. Yes. And the kangaroo kick is just a split leg drop kick. Like Or the double clothesline. The double clothesline. I mean, if you can get something I mean, Mick Foley got Mr. Sacco over. Mr. Sacco is Mick Foley putting a, his hand in a sock and putting the so- his hand sock in someone's mouth. Exactly. There's but like, people go crazy for it. And that's the same guy who, who flew off the cell and through the cell and has been exploded and gone through barbed wire and had his ear torn off. Yeah. Like, and I, I love Mick. Uh, you know, if you, if you listen to Foley's pod, he talks about this a lot. He, he says all the time, I don't care about having a five-star match. I care about making moments that people remember. Um, and I think that's something that AEW really needs to get a hold of sooner than later is that it's not about five-star matches and it's not about 15 Canadian destroyers in one match. Or, or 28 super kicks. Or a thousand you know leaps out of the ring onto another person. It's about creating moments and it's about making moves matter. Um and those moves don't have to be the moves that cut a, a, a talent's career short. No, um, they just need to be sold right, and they need to be, you know, pro, you know, they need to be propped up to the fans to make the fans care. And how do you do that? You do that with storyline. Exactly. So you know that goes into my my botch as well. Um, you know, because I liked that promo, but yeah, I, I was disappointed to find out that that promo was for nothing. Exactly. Um, what do you got with your botch? My botch, really, though, the entire dynamite on this last Wednesday, and I'm not saying anything about the matches. The matches were great matches, but this tournament, uh, the the entire dynamite was dedicated to this tournament, which to me still has no stakes. And it's you've got pointless. wrestlers putting their bodies on the lines, doing fantastic matches. But with no story, no context, no nothing to really make me want to buy it. So there I was watching professional wrestling, which I love, for two straight hours with almost no storytelling whatsoever, no breaks for vignettes or anything really. I mean, just match after match after match. And I could find myself falling asleep because at the end of the day, it's like, listen, if you keep giving me the same thing over and over and over what you're giving me is going to become bland and is going to become, you know... It's like we're already getting tired of it, and we're ready to see this thing end. We're ready to see more storylines develop yeah, with AEW. Yeah, I can't AEW. wait for this stupid tournament to be over so we can try to have a reset and have different stories that actually have teeth and that I actually care about. I, I would c- cut half of Dynamite and give me more of the Devil storyline. Yes. And, 
and I would have been this would have been a completely different episode. Absolutely. But no, I get like I got or I give got me five, more of Tony I got Storm. Five minutes of the Devil storyline, and then the next you know two hours minus commercials is just is just wrestling for for a tournament that has no that has no teeth. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, the, the, these people that are in this tournament are guys that could really do great things and you can build storylines with. There's so many stories. And one of the ones that really just gets me is I'm sick and tired of John Moxley giving great matches for absolutely no reason. Exactly. It, it, it It's sad to see. Yeah. But, you know, hopefully once this tournament is over, AEW will finally wake up and smell the roses and realize that you need to start building storylines back up because you're starting to lose. You're already starting to lose audiences because we're already seeing it. And I know people will always hate on people that make jokes about how people are not filling arenas for AEW. I mean, the whole side of one arena is not filled up. It's it's pretty much sectioned off. But, I mean, it's true. There's a reason why that people are not going to AEW events. does not do the same house show numbers that WWE does. No. It's because right now there's nothing storyline wise or creative wise that we can bite our teeth into and really just be hooked with other than the devil segment with MJF and all that. But eventually that's going to run its course. And then what do they have to show after that? And you know, MJF's contract comes to an end this year. And I don't think that it would be wise for him to go to WWE. Truthfully, I don't think he would have the freedom to, to be the character that, that he has created. Oh, absolutely not. But at the same time, it's like AEW is putting a lot of stock in MJF. And business is business. Just because they put a lot of stock in MJF doesn't mean MJF is going to sign a contract with AEW. And they could be building MJF and making him even bigger and even better for WWE. Right. But, I mean, we'll just have to see. But, I, yeah, I don't think that... MJF is going to go to WWE. Yeah, but I'm saying if I'm it, a, it, if I'm a booker and I'm a promoter, like I'm sitting there and I've got my company, and I you think about the value of time. I mean, let's face it, Cody. Uh, if I if I'm a in, in ad sales, I'm selling ads on this program for tens of thousands of dollars for seconds, thirty seconds, sixty seconds. You're you're going to give a wrestler minutes. And you're not going to give other wrestlers those minutes that are more guaranteed for longer periods of time. Hmm. Not to say that they shouldn't be giving MJF the time. They absolutely should give MJF the time. But I'm not also going to sit there and and sacrifice another wrestler who I've got on a three-year contract for a wrestler who I've got for another six months guaranteed. Right. It's just bad business. Yeah, it is. But, you know, hopefully things will start to get better for AEW, but... It's just going to take time, and we'll just have to see what comes of it. We will have to see. But anyway, guys, that's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Like we always say, go check us out on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Go check out our channel. Subscribe to what we're doing. But like we always say, thank you guys so much for listening. And as always, keep it five stars. <laughs>